All right, all right, all right, JNAC listeners, welcome back to another episode of the JNAC podcast. It is your friendly neighborhood podcaster, First G, back in the building. We keeping it rolling, we keeping it trucking into this new year. Already January is off to a good start, if I may say so myself. Um, JNAC podcast is rolling strong. Um, but, you know, with new beginnings also comes ends. And unfortunately, this episode is the final Meet the Pastor episode that I've brought to you guys. And it's a good one. It's a special one. I might have mentioned before that Marcus was my favorite pastor. But this gentleman I got today has grown on me in such a short amount of time. I mean, he's he's the newbie on the team, but... You know, he coming in, he coming in just like a vet. And he got my spirit, my same kind of spirit. Um, this gentleman is a pastor. He is a father. He is a husband. He is a community, uh, should dare I say, influencer. <laughs> he has his own digital following. As you guys know, I am talking about Pastor Joshua Randolph. How are you, sir? What's up? What's up? What's up? Okay, now we we starting off with Martin up in here, huh? Is that that that's what we starting going with? On? Uh, what's going on, everyone? Uh, man, such an awesome uh, greeting, shall I say? I try, man. I try to pull out the big guns, especially with the special guests. Uh, yeah, you had your bazookas out this time. <laughs> <laughs> How was the holidays, man? Was it good for you? Oh, man, it was amazing. I actually uh, went to my parents' house mm -hmm. uh, and was able to go down there. My mom celebrated her 70th birthday, which was amazing. Shout out, um, Mama. Yeah, shout out to my mama. I'm a mama's boy, so, you know, it was real special to me. Um, and it was special, number one, because I was able to be there. Number two, uh, because her whole family as far as like me, my sister, my brother, and our family, we're all in one place together. That we haven't been like that in in years. Able to be all together with all of our children and everything. Uh, I was minus one child. Uh, my daughter wasn't able to go, but all of our children in one place for not only her birthday but Christmas. So that was awesome, you know. So definitely had an amazing, amazing Christmas holiday, and I'm just excited for this new year. All right, man. Sounds good. Where Where is Mama? Where is she at? My mom and dad is in Atlanta, Georgia. Mm. The ATL, Hotlanta, Hotlanta. <laughs> I, you know, every time I, I did know that JNAC podcast listeners, I just wanted y'all to know that. But <laughs> I, you know, it, it's a lot of jokes that I have, but I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna lay them out here. <laughs> just know that I'm glad, man. I, I actually, I can't stand Atlanta. I can't stand Atlanta. Oh, you can't watch? No. Too much. It just, the, the, I've been there multiple times and the traffic is like, yes. I know it's like, I'm, I live in Chicago, so I understand traffic is, is probably worse here, but it's like people different in Atlanta. It's yeah. like yeah. too much jerking and stopping and going. It's just yeah. taking an hour to get everywhere. And it's just, and you got to get on the highway to go everywhere. Yes. Here you don't. Yes. Right. But, but in there Atlanta, is no you such do. thing as back roads. Right. It's like everybody going this way. Right. Right. All right, man. So, Enough pleasantries, man. Let's get down to it. So I always kick this off like this. If if I met you for the first time, what would you want me to know about yourself? Um, um to my uh wife listener. <laughs> Can't say lady listeners. <laughs> <laughs> to the people to who the, to, to the, the ladies the, who are married? Is that what you said? <laughs> <laughs> to my wife. <laughs> okay, to your wife. Short, Shout short, out Erica. Short, dark, and handsome young man. No. Uh <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, first time meeting me, uh man, I'm just a, a down-to-earth person. I'm a people's person. I love people. I love uh humor. I love laughter. Uh, I love the word of God. I love being able to inspire people um, in any way that I can to be an inspiration, a motivational uh, individual that really gets people to uh, really reach for the stars in their life. So, um, but I, I'm very approachable. You know, I'm not one of the ones that because I'm a, a pastor or because I'm uh, 
you know, in church or whatever the case may be, that I hold my nose up. No, you higher do not. than anybody no, or you do that not. I've arrived, you know. Um, people will look at me and probably wouldn't even think I'm a pastor. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, same here. Right. <laughs> you know, so it's like it's like um being able to to uh carry myself like that. Not that, you know, we out here doing nothing wrong. Right. You know, but as far as we're not wearing the title, we're walking the walk. Mm. You know, so it's 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 truly a a blessing. But that's who I am, man. Just an individual who love God, love people, and want to see uh, the best in every individual. That's mm-hmm. that's that's me in a nutshell. Yeah, and and you swole a little bit, too. a little right? bit, a little bit. I go I, to the I, gym a little bit. I know the <laughs> listeners can't 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 see, but yeah, you little, you feeling you know, that sweatshirt you know, out? Bro. Yeah, you know it's a little tight, a little, <laughs> little tight. <laughs> yeah, you you the medium pastor. Maybe I should call you. Maybe that should be your King nickname. Smee. So yeah, I've been I've been I've been workshopping nicknames, and I can't come up with one yet. But uh, where'd you grow up? North Chicago. North uh, Chicago. Born and raised North Chicago in um, all my life from the age birth to uh, moved to Atlanta in, when I was 18. Okay. But I don't really consider that a big move because three months later I came back. Came my right sister back. and I, I we, we moved out there my senior year. Um, you know, of course, you go to a new school. You got the popularity. You know, people looking. Man, I, I was dressed. I, you know, I won best dress my sophomore, no, my junior and senior year. So I went out there my senior year, best dress, gold, all that stuff. Um, you, but you got, had the gold. Man, change. I had the gold. You, I had the four finger ring. Slick ring. Man, <laughs> slick ring. Uh, here's a little story. <laughs> <laughs> but I had the rings, man. Went out there and ended up getting in the fight. And my sister and I, we got kicked out of school because my sister jumped in the fight. They tried to jump me. Okay. And we got kicked out of school. We ended up coming back here. When I came back here, I, you know what I'm saying, I didn't I didn't um, go back. My parents ended up staying. They moved here and then moved back. But um, born and raised in North Chicago, man. Went to North Chicago High School. Went to the public schools in North Chicago, Neal Elementary School. Um, so born and raised in North Chicago. You grew, up, you grew up with both your parents, right? Both parents in the house, yes. So yes. did you have any ex- any exposure to church at a young oh, age? Oh, most definitely. You know, religious, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, yeah. the religious uh, aspect of it. I went to been going to church since I was a baby. Right. You know, um, uh, first went to um, uh, with Mount Sinai. Mm-hmm. My parents was a part of Mount Sinai. That was back in the days yeah. when um, Baptist churches was real popular. Yeah. And packed, you know, so we would go every Sunday. It was the religious things that we did. Um, I didn't see the the fruit of my parents at the time, uh-huh. you know, uh, living it. But we was going to church on Sunday. Yeah. You what know, was your what was your first impressions uh, that, I, that you can remember as a kid? You know, you know, this is this is normal. You know, as a kid growing up, you know, this is what we did. This is yeah. what my family did. Um, I think more so when we began to get teenagers mm-hmm. And uh, we switched church. We started going to Greater Faith at the time, and we switched churches. And by the time we got to a teenager, it was like, man, we don't really want to go to church. Right. You it's know what boring. I'm saying? It's boring. Yeah. These mugs hooping. I know when it's time to go because he said he's finna close. Oh, yeah, that's yeah. another 20 minutes. Yeah. You know, so when you get to being able to understand all that, it was more like, can we stay home? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And my parents was just like, well, if you're going to stay home, you can clean the whole house. You know, so we had ultimatums. It's funny, man. I, I just, I have a thought like you with the, what you just said. When you're young, you don't really understand relationship with God fully. Some do. Mm-hmm. Some get it. But mostly you don't. So all you really see is the religion. Right. You see the traditions and right. you, you get to. You you know even back then no no um no slight to any any churches but you you knew the you knew the program before you even got there Most right definitely. you knew when everything was about to close you knew well okay this time they're gonna do this mm-hmm. when they say that's is this and like when you're young you don't you don't really understand that that relationship yet right. but you get a foundation you mm-hmm. really do that's why they say you know train up a child no and they go, they go. might leave but. They yeah. gonna be back. They gonna yeah. be back. So, did you um when you when you when you came back eighteen? I'm assuming you didn't come. You were you still going to church at that time? Uh, you know, like I said, teenage years, maybe like fourteen, fifteen, sixteen, seventeen. You know, around that time, I was going, but I wasn't going. Right. It was more so. Man, I just clean the house. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? Yeah. I'd be able to go outside, play basketball with my friends. 
and all of that. So you was a hooper. Right. Well, no, I was a basketball with my friends. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. It was backyard basketball. I got you. you know? <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, we would play outside and everything. That's what I like. Mm-hmm. Um, by the time I was 18, though, by the time I turned 18, 19, that's when I really started getting into the streets and everything. And I just knew it was just something inside of me like, man, you're doing all this. You got you got to go to church. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? You so can't. you had that pool at that age, though? I had the pool to make sure I was going to church. Uh-huh. Now, there was ulterior motives, of course, you know, um, but I was still going, Uh you know what I'm saying? But it wasn't more all the time for God, right? (laughs) you know, right? it was more for show. Uh It was more for, you know, um, at the time, girls in the church and and, and stuff like that. So it was like, I know they're going to be looking. And so it was just, just, man, it was crazy. But I would go, you know what I'm saying? So how'd you get started in the streets? Was it just people you was around? What was going on? Uh, my dad, man, my dad, uh, introduced me, man. He gave me my Your first dad? brick. No, I'm just playing. <laughs> <laughs> see there, man, this is going to be a podcast full of that. I see already. <laughs> my dad watched Snowfall my and he daddy, said, you got to get on. <laughs> <laughs> Don't come home until you got it. No, but, um, true story. Uh, my dad, he did, he was in the streets. He, he sold drugs. Um, and we knew that as kids. Okay. Um, he never let us do any of that, you know, never let us like I never smoked weed or drank alcohol while I was in my dad's house. Uh-huh. And this is up to the age of 18. Never, never touched it because it was just something he set in the household. Like, man, I ain't finna get in that much. Tr- I ain't finna get in trouble like that. You ain't see the hypocrisy at the time? I saw it. I okay. saw it. My dad told me don't smoke cigarettes while he was smoking a cigarette. OK, but I you was like, ever catch you smoking no but, cigarettes. But you had that relationship where it's like, I'm going a, I'm to a, I'm a listen, I'm going to obey. I think I think this was one of the most important parts that our generation um, and, and many generations after us lacked mm-hmm. was that father figure in the house yeah. because it was more so that reverential fear. Mm-hmm. It was more so a fear, my fear of my dad right. and the consequences. You know what I'm saying? I grew up getting whoopings. Mm-hmm. So it, it it instilled in me that, that fear and that respect, like, I ain't finna do nothing in this house. You know right. what I'm saying? When I get out your house and become a man, now I'm standing on my own. But while I was in his house, I, I I didn't do any of that. Even though I knew he did stuff, you know, I knew he sold dope and all of that. You know, he wasn't no dope dealer like when I sold dope, but he sold it. Mm-hmm. But he worked too. You know what I'm saying? He yeah. worked at Chrysler Factory, so he had a real good job, but just that extra money. Okay, but was that... The pull for you, like seeing that lifestyle, was was that was that the appeal or? I don't I don't think it was the appeal so much. Uh, I think it was just, you know, um, it was there, mm-hmm. um, and I saw it. Now, you know, I'm not saying just because I saw that that's what what I what drove me to it because right. you know my sister didn't sell drugs, my older brother, he didn't sell drugs, he went straight to the military. It was just the fact that, you know, I saw it, mm-hmm. you know, and when I started to uh, get heavy involved in the street, it was more when I left my dad's house. Uh, my dad and them moved to Atlanta, uh, as I stated earlier. And when I came back, I finished school and I ended up going back to Atlanta for a few months. And then I came back here. When I came back here, I was staying with my auntie. And um, at the time, staying with my auntie, uh, that's when I got introduced to smoking weed, yeah. you know, uh, drinking a little bit. I really wasn't a drinker. And then I got um, introduced to the to the dope game, mm-hmm. you know, of the people I was hanging around. Um, I was working every day, but I was going on the block, you know, around my friends, my guys. Yeah. And I would see, you know, them pull out knots of money, mm-hmm. and I'm going to work every day, you know. And I'm like, man, I could do this too, right. <laughs> you know. right. And they showed me how to do it, and it was from there. It was just like, you that's, was off that's, and running. yeah, I was off and running. So I'm assuming then in that lifestyle, run-ins with the with law enforcement is common. Yeah, yeah, and no, um, it, it's common because eventually it's gonna happen, right? Um, and it's not common because sometimes it's years before it happened, um, and you could go years without any contact with the law enforcement before, you know, that happened. And some people go 
a lifetime. It'll It'll never, never, you know, have never happen. And like my dad, he was one of the ones. He never got, you know, caught at the time that he was. But me being, you know, who I am now and understanding spiritual principles, there was a lot he went through, though. You know what I'm saying? So right. even though he didn't go to jail, he paid some hefty prices with his health, with, you know, just situations around the house, breaking yep. down with a lot of stuff. So there was always consequences. Um, so, yeah, man, I, 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 I found myself um, gravitating towards that, I believe, because of um, the people I was choosing to be around. Mm-hmm. And it just it just was like. Um, enticing, like you know, yeah, I, I, want, I bet <laughs> I want a pocket full of money too. It, yeah, you I know, bet. I want it. I yeah. want a pocket full of money right now. No, yeah, just, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, we can go get four on that. No. <laughs> <laughs> so you know, moving forward, then I know you did spend some time in prison. So yeah. what? What eventually happened with that? Uh, man, funny story. When I went to jail. Um, I remember my mom calling me mm-hmm. and she called me on the phone. I had just sold out of all my drugs um, and I was going to re-up, you know, I was going to re-up the next day. But mm-hmm. she called me this day and when she called me, it was on a Tuesday and she was crying and she was like, Josh, I just want you to stop selling drugs because they knew they knew what I was doing, you know, um, but they couldn't, none, none of what they're going to tell me. I'm grown at the time. Um, and... Um, she was crying and asking me to, you know, please stop selling drugs. Please stop selling drugs. I had a dream that you was uh, on the ground and six police officers had their guns pointed at you, nine millimeters pointed at you, telling you to get on the ground. Just please. And, you know, she crying. I'm just sitting there like, man, mom, why are you jinxing me? You know, in my mind, I'm like, why are you jinxing me? And she ended up, um, we hang, hung up the phone literally seven minutes after she called me about five, seven minutes after I hung up the phone, my connect called and my connect was like, you ready? You know? And I'm like, yeah, <laughs> you know? Right. Yeah. Cause I was getting a bigger, a bigger, uh, quantity at the time, uh, for this, for this go round. And, she, uh, went, got the drugs, uh, a day later was a Thursday, Tuesday. She called me, got the drugs on Wednesday, that Thursday, I end up selling to this one dude who was a CI secret informant, and I got popped off. When I got popped off, six police officers would bust out the car with their guns pointed at me, telling me to get on the ground. It is amazing. You said that was your grandmother who My called mom. You. Your mom, My mom called you. Yeah. It's amazing. The like everybody I've talked to, there's this moment in time. It's like God speaking through mm-hmm. people, where it's like, hey. Don't do that. Yeah. Don't do this. Don't do that. And it, and it's always a similar story. And it's like not long after that, you keep going mm-hmm. and something happened. Yeah. And it, it's it's incredible, man. That's what I'm saying, man. You grow up and you get your relationship with the Lord and you you start seeing things yeah. like that. Yeah. And you yeah. really start understanding, you know, that spiritual side mm-hmm. of things. And when it's like your mom had this feeling to call you mm-hmm. to do that. And it, you know, for for what we know, it was placed in there for her to tell you that, right. for trying to tell you, hey, come on, I'm trying to keep you from this. Mm-hmm. But that's God too, right? Yeah, Choices. Yeah, like yeah. we got free will. You can you can keep going if you yeah. want to. And that's the thing, man, that I, I, I'm i a strong believer in and understanding. Just like you mentioned the scripture earlier, you know, train up a child in the way it should go. I'm a strong believer in, you know, children will make decisions, especially when they get older. Um, but I believe, like when I was stating earlier, me being in church those times, even when it was boring to me, mm-hmm. me understanding that if I got in some type of trouble, yep. if my life was going in a way that I didn't really want it to go, I knew where to run to. And then it allowed the scripture where it says the name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous run to it and find safety, being able to understand that it's a place I can go. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Yeah. And I don't have to feel alone. I don't have to feel like I got to do it by myself. You know, I know I'm around a group of people who's just messed up as I am, but they trying to get it together, mm-hmm. you know? So, yeah, that's 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 what's dope for now me. Are you preaching already, Man. bro? And the Come church on, said, bro. hallelujah. <laughs> hallelujah. <laughs> Praise him. Ha! <laughs> <laughs> so, man, um, you know, I, I've a couple of... Quite a few pastors have, have spent some time in prison. Um, what was your where where did where'd you go? 
Uh, when I got popped, when I should say popped off, <laughs> it's fine. When, when I got caught, <laughs> you know, when, 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 um, when I got popped off, I had went to, uh, I was at uh, Jolly at first uh-huh. for 10 days. Man, worst 10 days of my life. Um, locked down 24 hours. Wow. Most yelling all night. Uh, it's hot and then it's cold. Mattress super thin. They bring you your food and then your drink two hours, three hours later. It was the worst 10 days of my life. Um, but I was there for 10 days, and then I went to Jacksonville, Illinois, uh, which was a prison. It was like a medium, um, minimum, minimum medium. And then from there, I was there for seven days, and I went to Pittsville, which was a work camp. Um, and I was there for the duration of the three years. Uh, that's what you got three years. Yeah. Well, I got seven years. You got seven and you did yeah. three. Yeah. So I, good behavior, maybe. Well, you know, it's state, state time is half. Okay. So it was, it was, uh, I got sentenced to seven, uh, that's three and a half. And then you get your six months good time. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. And is that where you, um, dove deeper into your relationship with God? It was tripped out, bro, because it was like when I was in the county, when I got caught, I remember I had to turn myself in mm-hmm. uh, January 3rd, 2000. I had to turn myself in. Me and my wife and I just got married on Christmas. So like a week and a half before I had to turn myself in, um, I remember in the county, in uh, in SEG, because they were overcrowded, so they put us in SEG. I was in SEG, and I remember, man, just hitting my knees like, man, God, I don't want this. Mm-hmm. You know, I was crying. I remember crying on my knees in the cell by myself. And I'm crying, tears going down my eyes. I'm like, man, God, I'm thinking about my wife. I'm thinking about my two little children. My son was only four months. He was only four months old when I left. My mm-hmm. daughter was uh, a year in like three months. Mm-hmm. So she was like, uh, she was like 15 months when I left. Yeah. Um, and I'm crying because I'm thinking about them. And I'm like, man, I'm finna be gone for all this time. Yeah. How I'm gonna do this? And I remember, man, I kid you not, I literally heard a voice, not like an audible voice, but inside my spirit. Yeah. And God was like, either you're gonna make the best of this or you're gonna make the worst of it, Josh, but the choice is yours. And I sat there, I remember sitting there, and I said, God, I wanna make the best of it. And he basically was telling me, okay, I'm gonna order your steps. Mm-hmm. So, man, from the county to Joliet, I went to Jolly. I'm like, God, I don't want to be in no cell with Big Harry or Big John. <laughs> God, I ain't okay. trying to, I ain't trying to shake nobody. And I ain't trying to get right, broke, you right. know. <laughs> so no, that you was, won't eat your gold, right, man? I'm like, yeah, here you go. <laughs> you want the salad too? <laughs> so I'm, I'm like, you know what I'm saying? I'm like. I'm praying the whole time. Right. I really, like I said, it goes back to I knew about God, but I didn't know him. Right. But I knew enough to say, I'm praying and I'm going to trust you. Man, he led my way the whole way, bro. He, It was like he put me in this uh, cell. My celly name was Skull. It's Skull. Skull. Like the Skull. Yeah. But it was his fourth time. And he came in. This mug came in with a Bible and a Quran. So I'm like, oh yeah, he trying to get, he trying to figure something out. He got a Bible and a Quran. Yeah. So he said, I read both of them. Yeah. So he he was um, not wanting to repeat this. So God put me in some in the cell with somebody who wasn't on no garbage. Went from there to uh, Jacksonville. Got to Jacksonville. Uh, hooked up with some Christian brothers that told me that they got Bible study every day. I'm like. Man, it's awesome. Mm-hmm. Then I left Jacksonville and went to Pittsville, and they had, man, a group of Christian brothers, man, that embraced me. Mm-hmm. And I started going to, like, the Bible studies and just everything like that, man. And I really got engrafted in, in God. And God started, like, putting people in my life to mentor me, you know what I'm saying, to really pour in me. Uh, so it, it was it was, it was was powerful, man. So I'm, I'm going to rewind a little bit. I'm going to come back to that because I got a question about um, – um, the, like the Bible studies you were talking about, but you mentioned your wife, man. When when did you when did you meet the missus? Man, bro, we met since high school, high school sweethearts. Um, I was a junior. I, I I have made a post the other day on Facebook, and I said she was fourteen and I was seventeen, and I I had hit send, and then I was like, I started looking, I was like, 
That's kind of creepish. She fourteen. <laughs> <laughs> she four. I wish a seventeen year old woman trying to talk to my fourteen year old daughter. Still, still legal, right? Still, still legal. legal. Still legal. So I, I, I meant to go correct it, but I was like, people know, they know, you know. So I was, I was a junior. She was a, a freshman. Okay. You know, I had just turned seventeen. High school sweetheart. Yeah, high school. That. High school. Uh, I had just turned seventeen. She told me she was fifteen. But she was about to turn fifteen a month later after right. we start dating. Right. Don't sweat you know. the details, right? Don't right? Right? Details. Right? Right? But I just let people know I ain't no. Uh, no, no, we got you. Know, we I got you. We, we I, got. I ain't trying to be on the show. <laughs> I didn't get all this time I gave to my people, <laughs> and they do me like this. There go that nasty pastor. <laughs> <laughs> I ain't trying to uh, be no uh, Kelly Nelly. No, no. All right. Shout out, Erica. We love yeah, you. Yeah, yeah. I love my wife. Um, So going back to the Bible studies, one thing I always wanted to know, what was the vibe in those Bible, in those groups? Like, is uh, is spirits high amongst those brothers, or or what's going on in there? It's it's man, that's that's a whole podcast in itself it, because there's so many stories I have. Uh-huh. But to bring it into a nutshell, you know what I'm saying? For the sake of time, it it is. But man, it's just like out here, man. It's jealousy. It's you know, um, competitive people. The spirit of of competition. Because um, me personally, when I got in there, I'm like. I just want to learn about God because I don't want to come back to jail. Mm-hmm. You know, I ain't trying to come back and have to do this all over again. Okay. You know, so um, I got around brothers who would poor me or, and I started doing correspondent courses too. You know, just uh, prison ministries that yep. would send correspondent courses in, okay. Bible study courses. Okay. Like uh, college uh, curriculum um, Bible structure, theology oh, okay. structure. So I was doing those in there too. You know, I got a lot of certificates from Bible colleges and everything uh, when I was up in there. Um, but it was this one particular brother that I want to highlight. Um, his name was Brother Willis, you know. And Shout out Brother Willis. Yeah, I remember um, just being in there, man, praying and asking God to send somebody into my life that can really help me understand. So I, I was reading and I was doing stuff that I didn't understand. And uh, maybe a year into my sentence, uh, no, about seven months into my sentence, um, this dude named Brother Willis came and mm-hmm. he knew the word. He like knew the word. I mean, and he had it down pat. Before he came, I had started preaching in like the church, the Sunday services. I had did two sermons, but it was more so written down. Oh wow, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. They, um, the the chaplain would let let us, you know, speak if we felt the call of God on our life. Okay. So I did two sermons before he came, but it was more like a Bible study because I was I wouldn't look up. I was scared to speak in front of people. Yeah. And I wouldn't look up. I just read it. But when he came, it was like he said. This is the one thing he said to me. He said, do you, he asked me, do you want to know the word? And I said, yeah. He said, well, for every day, you, I want to see you out here at 6 p.m. From 6 p.m. to 11 p.m. when we had the, basically the day room close, we're going to be in this word every day. For f- Don't miss a day for nine months. Five hours a day. Nine months. Every day. Never missed a day. Wow. Never missed a day. Nine months. So I'm gonna call you a Bible scholar too, then. Man, every day. And then when I wasn't out there, uh-huh. I was if I wasn't working out, I was in my room studying. I was reading. gonna ask you about working out too. Yeah. I'm like, did you did you uh, get become Arnold like in prison or you was yeah. already on your yeah, way? Yeah, no, I was in prison. When I came in prison. I was so weak, man. I went. I tried to. One of my guys that was there, uh, he was there before I was there. When I came, he he was there and we saw each other, so we hooked up. And I tried to lift some weights, and I was super weak. I said, "No, I can't be like this." Yeah, you can no, you cannot, <laughs> not, not in there. You gonna give off the wrong impression. Uh, uh, bro. I was like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. "Oh, y'all, y'all, listen. That is, listen. We having fun, but we know that's that's not funny." Yeah. Hey, but yeah. So that's where I got my love for working out. Yeah. 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 So you was feeding your mind, body, and spirit. I man, love it, man. Everything. I love it. Everything. I love it. So, wow, preaching—that's something I didn't know. Yeah, man, yeah. that's awesome. Buddy. We did a, um, we did a, um, and I, I know we, we're, we're focusing on the jail aspect, but no, no, I, I, I really, I really, I really thank God for that because mm-hmm. that was one of the best things that happened in my entire life. That was, was actually going to be a question of mine yeah. is when you started preaching. Yeah, so that, that was the best thing. 
I, I always I always shared this with the brothers that God allowed us to be locked up because uh -huh. he didn't lock us up. Our actions locked us up, but he allowed us to be locked up or to get locked up to set us free. Uh -huh. And I remember um, I had started getting stronger after the nine months. Uh, Brother Willis, he ended up uh, leaving and I felt my faith and my strength get stronger. My word knowledge stronger. My confidence to talk in front of people got stronger. And it was some other brothers uh, a funny, funny short story is one of the vice lords down there. He was basically over the vice lords down there. And I was cool with him. He from here. And I was cool with him. Um, and he knew me because I used to be a vice lord and everything back in the day. So uh, he made a joke. He said, man, bro, I'm down here calling it for the vice lords and you over here calling it for the Christians. <laughs> <laughs> it was it was one day, man. We had uh, um, we decided to do a, a revival the whole week, and we would go out. Me and twelve of the brothers, we would go out on the yard and just talk to different individuals, walk the yard, and everything. Uh, the day for the revival came. Usually, we would have about thirty, maybe thirty five people every Sunday coming to church. Well, this Sunday, about a hundred and thirty uh, wow. inmates came, and when they called for church. The uh, walkway was so full of, in, full of inmates, they called extra security to the uh, to the gym wow. because they thought it was going to be a fight. Yeah, And they said nothing like that has ever happened before. I preached a sermon, a divine appointment with Jesus. That was my first sermon preaching after sitting under uh, uh, Willis uh, uh, for nine months. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Because I didn't do nothing for those nine months but just study. Okay. And I preached a sermon, the divine appointment with Jesus, talked about the woman with the issue of blood. At that time, after after the sermon, 113 individuals came up and gave their life to uh, to the Lord, and wow. one of them was a security guard. One of them was one of the correctional officers that came up, man, and dedicated their life to the Lord, bro. Look and that, at that. Yeah, that was that was the warden came uh, a couple days after that and wanted to see who I was. Wow, you know what I'm saying? Wanted to really see who who was this person that's got this much because he thought it was some. That it wasn't, right. but he wanted to see me, and I ended up getting favor with him. I ended up getting free movement around the um, the prison. Should I ask him to let you out? Man, <laughs> it's like, you got free movement, <laughs> but don't cross the gun line. <laughs> don't cross that is, it. <laughs> that is awesome, man. That is awesome. So I'm assuming then you got out of prison. Um, do, you, do, do you still, did you still keep in contact with um uh, no, we kind of lost contact uh, when he got out, unfortunately. Okay. Um, God does things for a reason. Right, absolutely. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And it, it had got to a point where um, I began to look to him more than I would God, mm -hmm. and God had to show me that this is still man. Right, right. You know, and we kind of had a falling out um, before he left. Right. You know what I'm saying? Unfortunately it happened, but, um, I never look at that aspect of it. I always look at what he did. Yeah. Because that's the most important thing. It's like that, that's the thing. That's why people wind up getting, getting hurt. Mm -hmm. Like church hurt. What yeah. they say is when they start putting too much into the purse. Yes. And I'm not saying that all everyone in church is bad, but what I am saying is that it's still people in here mm -hmm. and people have tendencies to go back and forth with all different kind of things that they might be wrestling with. Right. So you can take the message and the leadership and the training and the mentorship that he gave you mm -hmm. and not focus on him personally, but just God speaking through him. Right. Right. And that's when that's how people can free themselves of all of this. Well, such and such got on my nerves. You know, I told you this when you when you came on a pastoral team, and I was, you know, I knew a little bit of your of your history, and I said, you know, eventually someone's going to get on your nerves mm -hmm. here, right? But you have to understand, you know, develop the relationship, mm -hmm. and that way you know, like, no one is out here personally attacking people right. right but it's just people mm -hmm. eventually someone is going to do something or say something to get on your nerves right but that don't that doesn't have to reflect everything mm -hmm. here so that that's a really important thing you just said I, I i mean i talk about that all the time i you know you got it you got to understand the difference so coming out of prison though you were a changed man i'm assuming this Most is definitely. when you came Most out definitely. So did you hit the ground running? What was your first order of business when you got out? 
Man, when I came out, man, just wanted to reestablish myself with my family, mm-hmm. um, my children, my wife, um, you know, so being able to reconnect with them and just be basically like starting over, yeah. you know, because like I said, we had just got married um, for the first six years of our relationship. I was horrible. You know, I was, you know, because I was walking as a hurt man, yeah. you know, from a previous relationship that I never got healed over. And therefore, I could I didn't know how to love at the time. You know, so um, and then I didn't have God and then add on the part of the lifestyle I was living. So everything that came with that. So when I came home, man, I really wanted to get reestablished with my family as a as a man of God now. And uh, so just being able to to mold and and mesh together again, you know, it it was it was a journey, you know, being able to do that. That's a blessing too that, you know, the family, you know, she stayed connected because yes. it don't always happen yeah it really don't yeah so that's a blessing man that 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 truly is um so so i'm assuming you you connected back to a church yes uh when you came up yes and um is that where you became a pastor yeah yeah i connected back um i ended up uh the good thing when i was in prison i remember reaching out to a ministry that i i was going to prior mm-hmm. to going to jail and you know, I really didn't get no response. And um, the brother Willis, the guy, he told me, said, reach out to your wife's pastor, you know, see what they say. And I had wrote them and they responded back, you know, um, and they gave me their number. Uh, so we would communicate here and there. And I, I really fell in love, you know what I'm saying, with the aspect of the scripture. When I was in prison, you visited me, you know. So right. uh, when I came home. I knew that that would be the church that I would be a part of because she was going to a different ministry when before I was out. And I started going to that ministry and um, start serving in the leadership, start growing tremendously, learning about the church ethics and just the administrative stuff about church, you know, because I knew the word, but I didn't know all the stuff that came with <clears throat> uh, uh, leadership and things like that within the local church. So uh, we served there, man, for like, 10 years she was there for about like 13 years Mm -hmm. and that's when god we got ordained i got ordained as a pastor in 2011 through the uh through the pastors there and um the next year man god released us to to start salvation praise ministries Mm -hmm. is is that when you were um where where did you where were you at with that was that when um i'm sorry if i'm getting this mixed up but you were you weren't the one in like the hotel room, were you? Yes, we started okay. off in Gurney at the hotel. Okay. Yep. Okay. Yep. So how many people did a lot of you you had a lot of you had a you had a following? Uh, we had we had uh, ten people. Yeah, I know. Had- no, but listen though, I, I know a couple people from here uh-huh. started going to your church. Oh yeah. That maybe after uh I think when we first started, we was 10 people. Uh-huh. And then um after the 10 people, our first service though, we had almost 200 people. Wow. At our first service. Um, but it was mostly like family, friends, and people who knew me and everything supportive. So we had about a uh, hundred, about, about almost 200 people at the first service. Okay. So I'm like, oh man, we finna get it cracking. You uh-huh. know, that next week <laughs> it was like 16. <laughs> I'm like, God, did I do the right thing? Yeah, yeah, but, yeah. yeah. So, uh, we grew though. We grew kind of quick, especially when we came to North Chicago. Okay. When we came to North Chicago, and um, we started at the youth center. That's when, you know, some people I, I noticed from here yep. start coming and um, they end up joining and, and things like that. So I'm like, you know, in the back of my head, like, I don't want no beef with nobody. No, you, you know, know what? what Honestly, I'll say this. I, and I do I do want to speak on that because I, I want to make it known that it's not a I'm not, I'm not saying it like a like a right, poster right, right, thing. Right, right, right. I think people are allowed to make decisions, mm-hmm. obviously. Now, do do you ever want someone to leave you? No, mm-hmm. but that doesn't. You know, I mentioned some people that left. That doesn't make them bad people right, or, right, right. or any ill will or anything like mm-hmm. that. It's just like if you if you're leaving, you know, I've I've said this to people that have left before. It's like if you're leaving. Make sure you still getting your word. Make sure right, you still getting right. fed spiritually. Mm-hmm. If it don't, if it's not here, make sure you get fed somewhere. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I, I that's no, and you know, we we're not gonna we're not gonna get you for potion. You know, not maybe not. <laughs> no, but it, it's you know what though, man. I I, I had a, a pastor. I, I won't mention his name on this on this podcast. Yeah, 
but maybe about two months ago, two and a half months ago, uh, pastor, pastor uh, in this area, mm-hmm. um, we having a conversation at a at a little gathering, and we were just basically just just sharing different things. Yeah. And I remember sharing that you know I had shared that when I had started you know the ministry, uh, and we were growing, but it was more people who really weren't coming to church. It was yeah. street dudes, and you know just things like that because of. You know, it's like who's this new kid wearing Jordans and right. and jeans and, and and stuff like that. I'm gonna go check them out. So we start growing, and I said, but you know, a lot of the local pastors in this area didn't really communicate or fellowship or blackball, you know, do these things like that. And yeah. he basically came out and said, yeah, all of them did. Yeah, because you was a threat. And you know what? Unfortunately, that is the mindset. Of a lot of people. Yeah. Church is territorial. Man. And it doesn't need to be. It, it really doesn't. Right. It really doesn't. You know, I ain't gonna I ain't gonna speak on it because that that could be a whole podcast. A whole but you're podcast. right. But just know that, you know, I no, I don't I know and I can speak for senior pastor and all the pastors here. No, it's not we don't we don't think like that. Right. We really right. don't. Right. I mean, everybody, you know, we may think you know, someone leaving may be a mistake, but it would never be this thing where, oh, this my this my territory. Yeah. Don't be coming over here doing all that. Don't go over there to that church. It's mm-hmm. like, no, you'll never hear that. Yeah. Never hear that That's coming from this way. So in your um I am gonna talk about outreach in specific specifically because I know you are a figure um in this community. Um, but just real quick question, I'm I'm interested to hear your thoughts because I know how long were you when you when you got your own church, when you started your church, how long did you have it? We did six years. Six years. Six years. What was that time like? What did you learn? What were challenges? You know, uh, get, break that down for it me. It was it was amazing in, in one aspect. It was amazing. Um I, I I loved the aspect again of inspiration, motivation, mm-hmm. impartation, teaching, yeah. preaching. Um, that part I loved it. Yeah, administrative, yeah. dealing with the 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 backside of it. Yeah, dealing with what people don't see because I was doing all of this, all of the audio, all of that. I was doing everything. Yeah, so not having like the structural help. Yeah. It was frustrating. Yeah. It was taxing. It was inner inner depleting um my energy. Yeah, taking you know energy, what I'm yeah. saying? Um just all of those. Um, but I still loved it. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? I still love what I did. When I got up there and began to speak and the Holy Spirit moved the way he did, I I, I loved it because I knew it wasn't me. Yeah. I knew that God was just using me as a vessel mm-hmm. to speak, and I love that aspect. So when we were doing those six years, when we did big things, like we would do outreach. I remember one time we did um, car wash. We washed people car for yeah, free yeah. up at the car wash on uh, Martin Luther King. Uh-huh. So, we man, we was doing that as an outreach, you know. We did a lot of stuff, man. So those six years was, like, amazing. You know what I'm saying? I learned how to love mm-hmm. harder um, in that time. I learned how to forgive quicker mm-hmm. um, in that time. And one of the other things I learned was that, you know, no matter what, we meant, you mentioned something earlier about, you know, not holding grudges and yeah. everything like that. It's an old saying is don't throw the baby out with the bathwater, mm-hmm. you know, meaning the bathwater may be dirty. Yep. But you got a precious baby up in there. Yep. Everything ain't all bad. Right. Everything yep. ain't all bad. You know, so yeah, I, I I had an awesome time, man, those six years. Mm-hmm. Those six years we passed through. So I know when I um when I first uh caught one of you, you were doing online, your online thing. So what ultimately happened? What what made you transition to the um the online aspect of Whoo Jesus. <laughs> Long story. Man. Well give me give we me the, got that much time. Give, no. give me the cliff notes. You know, brother. come coming up to our six, our six, the end of our sixth year. Yeah. I just felt like number one, prophet is not without honor within his own home. Mm-hmm. I felt like a lot of people knew who I was. They did. They were inspired by what I did um and the change that I had. 
but a lot of people were still not ready for that full commitment mm -hmm. and um, the work that it would take to really do what we needed to do. And it, it got to a point where I got tired, bro. Yeah. I got I got so tired where I didn't I wasn't even liking coming to church. Yeah. You know, and I didn't want to get to the place where I quit God totally. Right. You know, so me and my wife, um, maybe like six months before the end of the year, we start praying. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, God, I don't want to, because pride kicks in. Like, right. you know what I'm saying? Now people going to say, oh, you started and you didn't finish and this. So I was battling with all of those thoughts. But I'm like, you know, I'm not going to drag something on that that season may have ended. Mm -hmm. And God began to show us. But then those six months that just because I am one don't one thing don't mean I'm, I won't start another. Absolutely. You know, just because one door closes don't mean that I don't have another one where you could still just be be as just as effective in a way where it's not taxing I'm, absolutely. Or, or putting you on a team. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, absolutely. So uh, I, I told my wife that I'm at peace with it. She was at peace with it. And we decided to step down. When we stepped down, God told me to go online. Mm -hmm. Now, this was pre-COVID. Yeah. This was right before COVID happened because yeah. this was 2018. We yeah. stopped. 2019, I started doing online my my Mondays. Yeah. Um, and then um, I would do the Mondays or, or periodic. I do here and there videos online. And then towards the end of 2019, COVID happened. All churches shut down. You know yeah, what I'm saying? Let me tell you, man, it, it's, it was a blessing. You know, we always tell the story. We started live streaming in 2019, mm -hmm. somewhere around the middle of 2019. And it wasn't because we thought, we were looking ahead. It was because, you know, this is another avenue mm -hmm. to get the word out. And and lo and behold, man, if we hadn't, um, I mean, we still probably would have been all right. We had the structure. We had people here who were in the know. But that's what happened to a lot of churches. Yeah. I mean, no one knew COVID was coming. Mm -hmm. And no one knew the effects it would have. But, like, when you shut down church altogether and... No, I mean, church was having trying to have church on Zoom mm -hmm. and all kind of things. And it was just like, you know, if you didn't have that infrastructure already in place, yeah, you were you it was it would have been a struggle, man. Yeah. It really would have been a struggle. So um let's fast forward a bit, because yeah, we 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 about at we about that time now. And I love <laughs> I love talking to y'all, man. I really do. So I remember Mm, was this yeah this was during our discussion so some of the leaders we we would always sit down with bishop um uh, my wife tiffany wasn't senior pastor at that time yet um but we were talking about transition mm -hmm. and i remember your name coming up i remember you had started coming to the church mm -hmm. so what happened what drove you to come into janak doors it's funny. Um, out of all, I, I don't know if you remember earlier when I said that this, you know, person was like all the pastors. Back. Yeah, yeah. This is more so in a in a sect, in yeah. a sect of churches, not right. not like all right. Um, I got but you. this this organization yeah. of churches um, basically did it. Um, Bishop was never one, right? And I remember seeing Bishop at um, this when I was pastoring. I was still pastoring. And I remember seeing Bishop at Home Depot. Mm -hmm. And I saw him at Home Depot, just introduced myself, said, hey, da-da-da-da-da. You know Bishop. If he don't really know you, you know, he going he gonna to speak, but it ain't going to be you right. know, long. And um, I said, hey, I said, hey, Bishop, da-da-da-da-da. You know, my name is uh, my name is, is Josh, you know. And he said, yeah, I know who you are. Yeah. You know, I, I told I, you, yeah. everybody knew who he you said, were. He yeah. said, I know who you are. I said, I said you know, um, I would love to be able to, you know, sit down and talk with you. So... He was like, well, here's my number, da-da-da-da, but I never called. And then we connected again because he had called me down. I remember we connected. He had called me, and he wanted, like, you know, me to give input on what he what he feel about, you know, all, a bunch, bunch of things. I think this was before COVID, too. And um, he asked me to speak at this conference. Yeah. Um, that was the first time I spoke. Yeah. Um, so I spoke at the conference. And we were connected. Mm -hmm. And then I think COVID happened, and it was kind of a, like a, a disconnect, more so on my part. Um, I've been one that God had to deal with me yeah. because it's like every time I get close to somebody, yep. it's like something happened. Definitely you know? trust so, issues. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I would, I would always, every time I would get close to 
individuals I would kind of like bag off mm-hmm. a little bit. And I kind of did that. And then um, I, I remember maybe two years ago, I remember, was it two years? Maybe two years ago, I remember texting them a long text. First apologizing for not staying connected, you know, knowing, let them know that I know God put you in my life, you know, all of this. And then he said, man, come, come work out with me. Mm-hmm. And it was at that workout, you know, we did cardio for about an hour and 45 minutes. Yeah, I, I know, I, you know. I've done the cardio. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm like on that bike, man, on the bike. Yeah. But it was that, it was at that time where I was like, okay, he's not only a friend, he's not only a, 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 a mentor, yeah. you know what I'm saying? But I, I, I began to look at him like as a, a big brother and a spiritual advisor. Yeah. And um, I, I connected to him. You know what I'm saying? Yep. And I, I connected to the churches. I promise you, I told my wife, when we stopped Salvation Praise Ministry, I said, I ain't never going to a black church ever again. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I said. To be honest, I said, I won't go to another black church. Yeah. You know, I, I won't, I'm going to go to a, either a Caucasian church. Mm-hmm. And I tried that. It ain't worked. Cause you know, with no soul, we 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 do like to consider ourselves multicultural. Well, you know what I mean. You know, we predominantly black. I I got you, right, right, right. (laughs) But you know what I mean. And it's nothing against. And I'm not trying to uh, segregate churches or anything like that. Yeah. But it's more so. um, I just felt a certain type of way from what I came from, and God had to really get me out that mindset. And when I came here. When preached the first time and y'all praise and worship, Pastor Tiffany, she wasn't pastor then. Yeah. But when I heard her sing, yeah. And I was like, I remember going home, I said, Eric, you gotta hear her. <laughs> I said, if we had Pastor Tiffany, we I talked Tiffany at the time. If we had Tiffany, man, we would still be rocking that salvation yeah, praise. You know you what? Know? <laughs> it's funny. Every time uh people people talk about uh Tiff, um, you know, in our in our little meetings, we would always they would always say Tiffany been preaching already. Mm-hmm. It was just through through song, and mm-hmm. then she would she would um, speak a little bit. Mm-hmm. But the thing about my wife that I always understood early on was that even in her singing, she she has a she has a beautiful voice, but just you feel the spirit yeah. when she sings, mm-hmm. and that's anointing. Mm-hmm. That's not. It's it's not about like talent or anything like it's like it's it's just about you know how they say uh, stars have that it factor mm-hmm. and I'm not I'm not uh, comparing this to like uh, a musician or artist or anything like that I'm saying the anointing is that it factor yes. it's like the spirit moves when she sings mm-hmm. so I, I've always seen that and yeah everyone everyone has all had similar comments to that. Mm-hmm. So yeah, man, it's good, and and obviously, you know, moving forward, um, it it turned out good because Pastor uh, Josh Randolph on this title of this podcast is not only a former pastor of such and such, you are actually a pastor here at yes. Jesus Name. When was your ordination date? I can't remember. So so I know it was two years. It's coming up to two years for us. But you the newbie, you the, yeah, you the I'm newbie. the newbie. So I, I think I got ordained. The end of October. That's right. That's end right. Of October. So you still two months in. Yeah. Still two yep. months in. Yep. Has life been? Has life changed anything mentally, spiritually, um, so far during your time here? Um, I think as far as since I've been ordained or becoming part of the pastoral team, or just since just, I've been here. Period. Since you've been here. Yeah, oh, most yeah. definitely. Yeah. Most definitely. I'm. I'm always. One of my models is to always remain a student. Yeah. Always remain a student. Um, if you you feel like a person feel like they can't be taught mm-hmm. or 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 you know um, grow anywhere, that's not that right mindset to have. Right. I mean, from everybody, and that's what I love. You know, from Bishop, from Pastor Tiffany, um, Pastor Derek when he preached, both Derek's when they preached, for Pastor Marcus when he get up and do, you know, what I'm saying, uh, 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 offering yeah. and things things of that aspect. Pastor Fantimo in in the trainings and classes. Uh, uh, um, uh, t- Pastor Tasha, you know, just in in Bible study sessions and stuff like that, and just the the congregation in itself. You yeah. know, what I'm saying the leaders and it's 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 amazing here, bro. It's it, it really is, and I'm not just saying that because I'm a part. Um, I'm saying that because I feel it and experience every t- just the love. Amen. You know what I'm saying? And people embraced me before I even. Um, and this is the one thing that really I I believe really set the set the tone. 
when when I first started coming here, because of the way Bishop embraced me, everybody else embraced me the Absolutely, same. Absolutely, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And he set the tone, and mm-hmm. it was like that love coming in the door. Man, people like you know what I'm saying. Yeah, Just yeah. that feeling, bro. Yeah. You know, kind of like back in the days. You remember Cheers? Yeah, we you got know, you. Man, yeah. you walk in and man, y'all know my name. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! So before, <laughs> see, man, you growing on me, man. You you growing on me. You you fighting for that number one spot, number one pastor in my heart. Oh, um, I'm in the race. Before I, before I get to before I get to my my movies, um. Your outreach, um, you definitely have a following. Like I said, mm-hmm. people knew who you were, and that wasn't that wasn't a negative comment. I, I meant it positively. Mm-hmm. Um, you're working the community. I'm assuming because of you know who you were, you 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 were known in mm-hmm. circles, kind of like Marcus was talking about um, when I when I Pastor Marcus when I talked to him, he was talking about the relationships that he had. Mm-hmm. You know, they they lasted through. Maybe not. Uh, you know, see people every day, but just people knew who he was, mm-hmm. and I'm assuming it was similar with you. Right. Um, so, what what is it about community um, that has a place in your heart for you? I just think again, it, it goes back to the people people person. Yeah, you know, being a people person. Uh, um, what they call it, introvert or it was introvert, and then what's the other one? Introvert. Introvert. Mm-hmm. Um, I think because I'm a people's person and I love people. Like even when I was in the world, I was always fun to be around. Yeah. I could be around vice lords, GDs, foes, and everybody wanted to kick it with me because I had that personality. Yeah. I definitely um, can tell. Yeah. yeah, man. I always and that's who I always been and. Um, I think, you know, even people that knew me back in the day, when they see the change and the consistency and longevity, I think that brings another level of respect um, you on the light. scene. You're yeah, a light, brother. You know, where, You're being a where, light. Right. You know, and you and it makes it easier to be um, active in a community like that because people can trust you. Yep. You know, um, not knowing that you're not saying that you're perfect, but they trust the fact that. You know, I know this brother when he used to do this, and Absolutely. this brother been on this ever since. You know what I'm saying? And people sense that authenticity. Yeah, uh, they really definitely. do. When I when I had when we used to have conversations about young church versus old church. The thing about you know the the, the key word was millennials. They're not millennials anymore, mm-hmm. but when they would talk about millennials or young people in church in general, I used to cape up a lot, and I used to say because people say, "Well, they're not committed," mm-hmm. and I said. I don't think that that's true, but young people are committed. Mm-hmm. It's just they're very particular of who they commit to. Mm-hmm. And they see and understand authenticity, and they know when you're not being real, right. as they as they call it. And that's why I think even preaching in this day and age involves you being who you are. Mm-hmm. You know, they're not going to, you know, the the movies had this this thing, you know, you see the preacher get up and he do all this and do all that in all the movies. And it's like that is the that is the version of a preacher that people see and they always relate to. But it's mm-hmm. like if you can behind all of that, if you can be who you need to be, mm-hmm. people will commit. People mm-hmm. will connect themselves to you. That's right. the thing that um, my wife's even doing now. The the relationships that she's building and she's when she gets us to speak, she's being herself. Mm-hmm. She's not going off the tropes of, you know, well, this is what pastor's supposed to do and mm-hmm. they're supposed to hold the ear. Uh-uh, you can right, do all right. that or, or he's supposed to get loud at this moment and, mm-hmm. you know, it's like, no. And even the, the whole thing about what we're even doing now, we have a female pastor, which right, right. definitely was a hot topic in, right, the, in, right. the, in the area, and it probably still is. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that that's amazing, man. So, I yeah, like I said, you are well-known in the community, so that's a great thing, man. Um, this was fun. Yeah, this it was. was fun. We have to do it again. Yeah, we do. I, I you know what? I'm gonna say something. You, you seem a little uptight. I'm, I'm gonna need to. I'm gonna need to get you to loosen up a little bit more. So, hey, we can get loose. I'm just trying to be more professional. I, this is the professional. I know. Josh. I know. This and is I the knew, professional. And I know Josh when we're not filming. <laughs> but now nah, you did great, man. I love no, it. I appreciate it. I love it. this. I so I end it. all of these. I end all of these. I'm a movie guy, so I end all of these. And my wife told me to stop. <laughs> My wife told me to stop 
saying that I have rules because I don't ever follow them. Mm-hmm. So I will tell you the guidelines of of how I do this. Okay. Your top five movies, um, at, you got to pick five, mm-hmm. although everyone cheats. Mm-hmm. But I, I, I feel that now I have to say it. That's part of the tradition. Okay. It's my religion for this podcast. I got my five. Yeah, you got to have five. And you can order them or you don't have to order them okay. in any particular order. It's up to you. Okay. So mine won't be ordered. Mine won't be ordered. Okay. Any order. Okay. Let's get let's have it. Okay. So top five movies definitely in the mix is Minister Society. Minister Society. I I looked at that, no, no lie. I looked at that tab today. Mm -hmm. I was like, should I put put that on? And I was like, nah, I'm cool. I watched Heat today. Heat, okay, yeah, with, okay. With uh, Al Pacino instead mm-hmm. of Minister Society. But I looked at it today. I was like, I'm going to watch Minister Society. And I was like, nah. But no, nah, great movie. Yep. Kane. Okay. Don't yeah, die, yeah. Kane. Do you want to live <laughs> or die? <laughs> <laughs> so Minister Society, uh, Boys in the Hood, Boys definitely in, the in hood, there. Definitely. Boys in the Hood, definitely, definitely in there. I gotta throw in this 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 is old school mm-hmm. colors. I gotta throw colors. It is old school, man. That yes. is old school. Colors. Okay. I, I am a nightmare walking, psychopath talking. <laughs> <laughs> Who colors colors wasn't in my thing, man. Who's in colors? You, you ain't see colors? No, I have so it's been a while. I've Give seen me it. my I t- rabbit. I, t- <laughs> I just my don't rabbit. remember who's in it. Uh, Damon, I think Damon Wayne's in it. Okay. Um, it's a bunch of it's a bunch of like people. Like I'm not good with actors. Names, yeah, I got you. But um, it was it was it was it was a good movie. Okay. It was a good movie. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I watched Colors a whole bunch Colors. of times. Colors, 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 colors. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Colors. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> so colors, so that's Minister Society, Boys in the Hood, Colors, Scarface. 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 Pastor Marcus. Definitely. That was on his list too. Scarface is in there. This one, this last one gonna throw everybody for a loop. Though. Everybody got an outline. An outline. Man, everybody. This one gonna throw everybody. How you gonna have four dope movies and your fifth one is this? This one, my fifth one, Titanic. <laughs> Titanic. Josh, Josh, let me tell you something. <laughs> Josh, let Titanic, me tell you something. Brother. Let me tell you something. No lie, okay? So, uh, my wife asked me the other day, she was like, you know, and, and multiple people, when we when we turn the, the mics off, they always ask me, well, when when we gonna interview you? When mm-hmm. you? When is Meet the Pastor your audition? And I'm like, y'all meet me every week. Right, like right. I, I'm, I'm very transparent and open. But I've never, I haven't given my top five movies yet. Mm-hmm. And I will tell you, Titanic's number two. Oh, okay, on okay, my list. Okay, it really is. No <laughs> yeah, lie. Yeah. Actually, I'm sorry. Three. Uh-huh. It's three. Mm-hmm. It's number three. So, I, so, so I ordered them. Yeah. Titanic's number three. So I told you, you man after my own yes, heart. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I love Titanic, <laughs> man. That 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 sappy love story, yeah. Jack and Rose, and I I'll, I'll forever be. I will go to my grave saying that she, it could have been room on that board for him. He ain't had to yeah. freeze in right, the ocean. Right, right. But you know, whatever. Rose. <laughs> Is he blowing that whistle? Yeah, man. Titanic's good. Yeah. All right, man. First G approved. I love it. Great list. It's on. Great list. That ain't gonna that ain't gonna get you no play in the hood, but you know. No, no. But ti- man, <laughs> the Titanic, Titanic was a uh man, Titanic was the like real talk. You know how many times I watched Titanic? I had to watch like real talk lifetime. Maybe about 25, 30 times. Yeah, and that's a long movie. Yes. That's a long movie. Three hours. Had Shout the, out James Cameron. Had the VHS. He knows how to make a good movie. Yeah. Yeah. Most definitely. <laughs> Pastor Josh Randolph, y'all, thank you, sir, for your time. Thank you for your transparency, for your authenticity, man. It was fun. 
Well, let's do it again sometime. Most definitely. Yeah, Man, we're going to make this happen. And um, next time, we're going to talk about a subject, and we're going to get it in. All right. We're going to get it in. Yeah, see, you you fin- you closed out to meet the pastor, so now we're back to the subject. So, yeah, yeah, we'll, definitely, yeah. we'll definitely tackle some things. JNAC family, JNAC podcast listeners, thank you for tuning in to this edition of the JNAC podcast. Man, I, listen, I hope everybody is following your New Year's resolutions if you do that sort of thing, you know, whether you want to lose weight, you want to get buff like Pastor Josh over here, <laughs> you want to you want to start coming to church more, whatever the case may be, I hope you guys are fulfilling it. I hope you guys are enjoying the new year, man, and just get ready cuz the JNAC podcast is just getting started. We're going to have new episodes. Meet the Pastor may be done, but we coming back with more and more. My wife is going to come back on. Like I said, she is the co-pastor of this here, but she let me ride sh- ride solo on these Meet the Pastor episodes. But, Janak, as I always say, if you love it, tell me you love it. If you hate it, tell me it sucks. But like and subscribe and let me know how we are doing over here on this podcast. I am your friendly neighborhood podcaster, First G, Greg Peppers, signing off. I will see y'all next time.